0: And ladies and gentlemen, he's one of the all-time greats, my buddy, Mr. John Wayne.
1: You're listening to the John Wayne Gritcast with me, Ethan Wayne. The hell I love him. We're talking all about the life and legacy of my father. John Wayne. Mr. John Wayne. John Wayne is the United States of America. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go.
0: Ethan, that place. background's awesome.
1: You gotta come, next time you're here, you have to come out.
0: I would love to.
1: Um... Well, let's say, let's say hi to everybody in the podcast. Uh, welcome everybody. Today we have my niece, Jennifer Wayne on, uh, <laughs> Jennifer is my daughter, uh, my sister, Aisa's daughter. And, um, she's had a really interesting life and career. And I'm excited to have her on to share a little bit of that with us today. So yeah, Jennifer, this is Pioneer Town, and, um, I don't, it's only about 2 hours from Newport and it's a it's a you got to come out here and see it there's a really cool sound stage in town and a couple of studios here
0: wow so that's stunning
1: get you guys booked for something or i don't know something yeah. got to come out and at least visit hey is Annie at Polaris today
0: she she's flying to uh California today so she'll probably go to my mom's first i think
1: Okay, and then maybe go to when I le- I'm gonna leave here after this and then I'm gonna go straight to Pilar's and hopefully oh. I'll help her and your mom.
0: Oh yay, she man, she's still on the ball. She's just she's witty and <laughs> she's running circles around us.
1: <laughs> Who, Pilar? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. She's 92 or three. 93, I think, she's right?
0: 93.
1: Yeah, she's She's, uh, she's sharp, she dresses well, she's got her activities. Yeah, she yeah. runs us around like crazy.
0: You got like some good jeans.
1: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Well, well, I guess, you know, we're, we're related, obviously, and um, we see each other a little bit now. But growing up, like when you were growing up and, and when I was growing up too, I mean, we just didn't cross paths that often. And so you've had this whole life you know, up until we started spending time together that, gosh, I just don't know much about it. Um, you're, you know, very popular in your own right now. And I know our listeners would be interested in just learning a little bit about you. Like, where did this all start?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so and for the listeners, the reason I didn't see Ethan that much growing up, uh, my dad raised us my brother and I and he lived in San Diego and my mom lived in Newport Beach so we'd come up on Newport on the weekends but really we were in San Diego um, and I grew up playing tennis I was a tennis player Uh, my dad was a tennis pro so I think I was probably born with a racket in my hand (laughs) Uh, but I always loved music and um, and so I you know for my dad tennis was my path and so i kind of went down that path um through college i played in college and then um i taught tennis for a couple of years at the beverly hills tennis club um and i was writing music and um my ex-boyfriend at the time his name was bob Bryan. he has a twin brother named mike and they're tennis players and we started a band together and we'd go around playing shows at all the tennis tournaments
1: <laughs> And that's so what- that's
0: kind of- what?
1: That's how music started for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I always loved it, but that was the first time where I actually started singing live and playing live. And it was actually Bob's dad, Wayne Bryan. He was like, you got to get out there, you can sing. And I'm like, no, I'm too shy. <laughs> you know and what's Wayne...
1: funny? I'm kind of remembering this now. I'm remembering somebody telling me like, no, no, Jennifer, they play, they play like the whole family plays as a group. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, so I did think you pick we up played at, at Manu's Barba? house one night. Did,
1: did you pick up guitar before that?
0: No, so, um, I, so Wayne, Brian, he, he bought me a guitar, my first guitar and I, I was 18 at the time. And I just taught myself how to play three chords <laughs> and I just started writing songs. Uh, and so that, that really is my passion is, is writing. Um, and so I wrote all these songs. Um, that were pretty bad now that I look back on it but we would play them everywhere and (laughs) and sing a lot of covers and um, but yeah so that's when I started playing guitar at 18 and I just taught myself I never had lessons I just looked up how to play chords and started writing music.
1: (laughs) Wow I've been taking lessons for six years and I still only have three chords.
0: Yeah, no. You're probably better than me. I can't solo or anything. I just play rhythm.
1: <laughs> Let's put it this way. I could not make a living with my guitar and you can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so that's how music started and um and I saved up enough money. I was teaching tennis and um I saved up enough money to move to Nashville. I had I think it was like 6 months I budgeted out that I could afford to keep myself going without a job in Nashville. Um, And I just moved. I didn't know anyone. And my aunt Marisa, who's Ethan's sister, she had lived in Nashville um, when she was younger. And so she flew me out to just introduce me to whoever she knew. And I, I had never been there before. It was my first time and kind of showed me around. And so that was it. That was all I knew was I had one trip out there with my aunt and she introduced me to a couple of her friends. And so that was it. I packed my car. My stepdad drove me out there and wow. I just went for it. I, Looking back now, I'm like, I, if I knew how hard it was and, you know, what I was, I thought I was like as good as Carrie Underwood. And then I got to Nashville. I'm like, oh man, I, I am not as good as I thought I was. So looking back now, if I would have known, I probably wouldn't have moved. So being naive kind of helped, I think.
1: But I think that's the way everything in life happens. You know, you have the courage to take that first step, and yeah. then, you know the ability to to stick it out and to you know have a clear look at yourself and go, "I've got to learn." And then you start to learn, or you get involved, or you start doing the work, and then things start to happen. But without yeah, that the- first step, nothing's going to happen
0: yeah and without failing too i mean i just fell flat on my face so many times but that's what made me better like you said i learned what i was good at what i wasn't good at and i did you,
1: did you play in that. places in nashville like did you go sing at bars or venues or something or did you yeah, songwriting? song songwriting.
0: no we, I, I did a lot of songwriting but there was this bar called tin roof it's still here and um I played there every Monday and Tuesday night and I was terrible about, but I thought it was good. <laughs> I was really bad. I
1: don't, I don't think you were terrible. I've oh, never no, heard someone say you were terrible.
0: <laughs> I was singing the wrong songs and I just didn't know what I was doing. And then um I I got this manager who said, "Well, let's do a showcase and try to get you a record deal." And it was just way too early to do it, I wasn't ready, I didn't have the songs, I didn't have the experience. And I think because of who my grandpa was and your dad, I think a lot of people showed up because of that reason. So it was kind of, it was great that that people showed up, but it was also kind of a detriment in that I played the showcase and it was not good. <laughs> Every label passed, they told me to go home, that you'll never make it in music. And I just remember like, I. I think I cried for two or three days after that going, I can never show myself in town again, you know, and I don't know why I didn't leave. For some reason I did not leave. I stayed. <laughs> um, I I can't believe it looking back, but um, I realized that I just needed time and I needed to get better. And I was singing the romps, so I was singing songs that were out of my range and uh, I just, I hadn't written the songs yet. I didn't have the experience. And so I just, kept on going. I have no idea why, Ethan, <laughs> because well,
1: you went from, it was embarrassing. From, you went from tennis that you knew, right? From yeah. From playing teaching tennis to Nashville after just singing with friends and teaching yourself how to play guitar. So it's a big step. I can understand that there might be a year or two of seasoning involved. And <laughs> yeah,
0: it was what, like 10 like, years.
1: What, so <laughs> I, I completely understand what you're talking about, where if you're connected to somebody like John Wayne or you have, you have some famous person there, you might get into a situation that you're not prepared for, and and I certainly encountered that in my life. And uh, in, in it you, you know until you realize it, it it's uh, you know I don't I don't know that it's helpful. It's it's almost detrimental because you're not ready for that yet. Yeah. it, it it'd be, it's it's certainly nice to have that when you are ready, but you know you went out there when you weren't prepared, but you stuck to it and i don't know how the the career revolved after that but it it doesn't seem like it was just because of that one fact which is inspiring. well
0: and you you had it harder because it was your dad you know so i think that's that's even more difficult in being a male you know living in <laughs> his shoes I, I don't know that that just must have been even tougher i always say it will get the door open it-
1: you know, yeah. I didn't realize there was a big cowboy hat behind me, following me around that other people were seeing it. I didn't see it. So lucky Ow. for me, I didn't feel it at the time, even though at one point I realized like, gosh, you know, this, this, some of these situations seem weird. And so I started backing off from those and sometimes it just attracts, you know, the wrong person or right. opportunity. Yeah. So,
0: I always said, too, like, it'll get you, it'll open doors for you. But then once those doors are open, you better have the goods to back it up, you know, because they almost expect more from you.
1: They do. They do for sure. For sure. Well, you
0: did. You overcame it.
1: Well, uh, who knows? It's not over yet. (laughs) Hey, what what year did you go to
0: Nashville? (sighs) That was 2006 that I went came here. Yeah. Wow. I made one trip in 2005 and then I ended up moving here in 2006.
1: And then did the amazing race come while you were in Nashville?
0: Yeah, that came a after. lot later. Yeah. So after after that showcase that failed, <laughs> uh, I you know, stayed and went went back to work and kept writing music and I think that's when I realized that I I was a really I had a talent for writing music more than really singing um and so i just wrote with everyone i could i would literally there was this songwriter named gary burr and he's a huge songwriter and i would just knock on his door all the time and ask him if he'd write with me and i think finally after a year he got annoyed with me asking him so he finally wrote with me <laughs> um, oh, and so then i just kind of got in the door songwriting and i ended up joining my first band, which was called Stealing Angels. And we did a radio tour and put out some songs and um, we got a record deal and the whole thing. And then Taylor Lynn, who was Loretta Lynn's granddaughter, she was in my band, she uh, had a baby and she just really wanted to ha- raise her, her kid and didn't want to do it anymore. So we lost our record deal. So then I was like back to zero again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's when Amazing Race called. They were looking for two country singers and my other girl that was in the band, Caroline and I, we didn't have anything to do because we didn't have the record deal anymore. And so wow. we did it. So, <laughs> so you it was like
1: you didn't really pursue that. It came to you and you, you just said Yeah, yourself, huh?
0: wow, yeah I had never even seen experience. the show before. <laughs> so and you came
1: in fourth in your first yeah, go-round?
0: Yeah, so we did it and it was, Uh, it was unbelievable, but it was extremely difficult. I mean, you don't have, you have no money. You have one backpack that you're, that you need everything you can imagine for 30 days traveling around the world Uh, and no phone, no maps or anything. And you just get put in these crazy situations, but we came in fourth and then which was great, and then we came home, and I'm like, okay, I'm just getting over the nightmares of, like, waking up and running through the airport, and they called (laughs) us again, and they're like, we're doing an all-stars. Would you guys want to come back? (laughs) So, it was, like, how could you say no? We kind of didn't want to do it, because we were still traumatized from the first time, but we said yes, and then we came in second on that time. We lost by four seconds, so.
1: Well, I, I watched it, and it's stressful watching it, so I can't imagine what it's like to be in there. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it just, look, it just looks hard, you know, it looks like... Um, it,
0: it is. I mean, and you don't, you don't eat, really, for 30 days. Like, you have no food, and it's just crazy. But I was, I mean, it was unbelievable to see the places that we got to see. I would never just go to Sri Lanka, you know. I, I wouldn't yeah. just pick that place to go to, so... They really put you in situations that you wouldn't you don't feel comfortable in and that are super foreign but they're experiences of a lifetime
1: they're experiences and you get to meet people and you get to see you know how they live and that they're okay they're just people too everybody's just yeah doing that. and
0: know, that think- was the thing we took from it is that there, people are good. You know, most people are yeah. good. There's, you know, there's bad people everywhere, but most people are good. And all around the world, they just wanted to help you. And they were so nice. So yeah. that was like my big take on it.
1: Well, that's a good message. And I think that's a message your, your grandfather understood and appreciated that people are basically good. You know? Yeah. I think we could... It's you, you, funny when I'm at home, I don't notice anything. When you're out here, if somebody's walking three miles away, you look and you're like, Who's that?
0: There's Damn. a person.
1: They're so <laughs> They're way out there. Uh,
0: um, well, so your th- dad, Ethan, I mean, I never got to meet him, so you know more than me, but uh, wow. just the stories that I hear from people, like, he touched so many people's lives and he was so nice to everyone. He gave everybody time, it feels like, mm-hmm. you know being a bit as big of a star as he was. I'm sure he had a million people come up to him all the time. But when people tell me stories about how they met them, there's not one story that he was rude or shoot them off or what, you know, he just gave everybody time.
1: I haven't heard any and I've been, you know, I've been around a long time and he's been gone a long time. And to this day, you know, you, you, I'm sure you encounter it because of the connection, but people adore him and uh, everybody has a story. And it's amazing you know what a wide swath through life he carved and uh you know just left everybody with good feelings and uh positive impression of himself yeah it's a nice legacy yeah a nice legacy so we'd caroline you were does she do music too
0: so she's now she's doing a podcast it's called get real and she's doing great. She loves it. And she's a mom. And um, she's kind of moved into the hosting side. Mm. Um, she hosts the Opry. And um, she's doing great. So she's
1: still friends.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see her this week. We're oh, going to have, or next week, we're going to have breakfast.
1: <laughs> so, what year did you finish the second amazing race?
0: Oh, gosh. I'm so bad with years. I don't even know. I think it was. 2013 or 14, maybe, one of those years. And then, <laughs> I don't know, I've been here then, so long, it all flows together.
1: <laughs> and then you wrote a song that somebody picked up in that time period? Was that the She Don't uh, Love you song?
0: Yeah, so She Don't Love You um, was, I actually wrote that before Amazing Race, uh, probably the year before we did Amazing Race. And um, Eric Pasley, who's an artist, he made an album and he he put it on there and he had two singles before that and he ended up putting that out as a third single so that was really cool and at that time after amazing race we kind of went back to square zero what are we going to do again
1: well <laughs> and it, I, when when you wrote that song for the guy and somebody said no jennifer's got a song on the radio there's a guy he's a known guy he's singing her song and so we you know obviously Put the song on in the office and looked around. Everybody was crying.
0: Like, it was
1: a great song! I still Aww, love that.
0: Thanks. I know that was special for me because we got nominated for Song of the Year at the ACMs, and that was, you know, just probably every songwriter's dream to write a song like that. You know, that gets gets your peers' um, support. But uh, at that time, I actually took a job at a record label. Uh, taking Natalie Stoball, who's in my band now <laughs> I was her radio rep so I was just oh trying to God. stay in music and I didn't this was before the single happened um, but you know we didn't have a record deal and I thought well I just got to stay in the business whether it's being an artist or not so I took a job on the opposite side <laughs> and I was a radio rep so I took Natalie around all and I had known radio because of my relationships from the first band so it's funny how the whole it's a big full circle i didn't even realize that that was gonna help me in this new band having all these radio relationships oh (laughs) yeah so and then that song became a single and it got you know got me a little bit of attention and um the the, the she
1: don't love you song
0: yeah the she don't love you song and my office at the time at the record label it was next to Benny Brown's office who owned who owned Broken Bow who was the record label I ended up signing with and I would just go over there and play him songs and try to get my songs heard and he would always listen to them and um and so Benny is the one who ended up offering me my record deal with Naomi and Natalie so kind of just he loved my songwriting and he he, this was before Natalie, Hannah at the time, Yeah. but he uh, he heard Naomi sing a showcase and he thought her voice was incredible. And so he said, Hey, why don't you write with her? You know, I really love her voice, but I don't think she has the songs yet. And so we just started writing and, and that's how we got our, our record deal. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. um, Kind of crazy.
1: So it was you, Hannah and Naomi. And I remember I, I just looked it up because I looked back at that. Remember when you guys came and played at that art gallery when we were doing the that photo collection?
0: Yeah. You guys look, came and look, played
1: like I don't know three songs or something like that, and we were look so excited.
0: me. You gave me you gave me that that photo.
1: Oh, is that from that night? That was after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
0: no, that, that no, was after. I have a picture.
1: After. I have a picture and a video of you guys playing, and I think it was two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So was that the beginning of Runaway June? Like, when did that start?
0: Runaway June started, let's see, it's been... I mean, were you
1: playing a lot before that time? Like, when we were together there?
0: Yeah, we had been on the road, I think, at that time. I think we signed our deal in 2015. I see. So we had kind of formed and started playing together. Um, Yeah, I think it was 2015. So that you're was a. Uh,
1: I'm on and off the road. Wow. What?
0: Sorry, I missed what you said.
1: You, you've spent a lot of time doing this. I mean, you're. you're you know, <laughs> yeah. I know everyone says. 10,000 hours, you become a, a professional. Well,
0: cool, Everyone says, oh, Nashville's a 10 year town. I'm like, for me, it was a 15 year town. <laughs> it took 15 <laughs> years to I started having success. <laughs> uh, but it's all right, it's been worth it.
1: Well, you guys had a great sound and obviously people have changed in the band and you know people decide to do different things with their lives or personalities get in the way yeah um, but you guys seem to be very resilient and it seems to be going as good as ever right now
0: oh thanks ethan well and i, I kind of got lucky this year too um keith urban recorded a song of mine that's out right now is his single it's i think he's at 21 on the charts right now it's called wild hearts but that's kind of like a bucket list for me i mean he's just such a superstar to have him sing one of your songs is like the coolest thing in the world that's
1: that's as good as it gets i suppose
0: yeah and he's so nice i know all
1: this stuff by the way like do you think anything gets by me and marisa
0: oh yeah i know you know the minute
1: something happens with you we're listening (laughs)
0: oh thank you (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah she immediately sends that around and lets everybody know and she's a huge fan
0: of yours yeah well she's the reason because she gave me the confidence to come out here you know my dad thought I was crazy my mom didn't know anything about it and Marisa is kind of you know she's kind of been like a, a mother to me Um, she's too young to be my mom, but
1: but I want to like, next time you're out, let's all three sit down and do this.
0: Yeah, I'd love that to be here. I would love that.
1: I'd like to hear you guys talk.
0: So what's happening with runaway?
1: I don't want you to give away any secrets, but are you guys touring? Is it on hold? What's the,
0: well, so we, we just got off the road with Luke Bryan. We went on his tour last year and that was so fun and he's incredible. Um, and this year, um, we were going to do C2C, which is a big festival in, um, in Europe, but my due date is too close to the dates that we were going to be there. So we're going to, we're going to wait till next year to do that. And we're kind of off until my, till the baby comes. So she's due April 16th and, uh, and then we start again in May. So I'll have, I'll have a month, Wow, <laughs> a month at home with her. And then I don't know what I'm, everyone's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to figure it out. <laughs> I guess she's going to come with me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get that thing. Do you hold the kid in the front with?
0: Yeah. The carrier.
1: <laughs> so I don't think anybody, I mean, your fans probably know that you're pregnant, but I don't think anybody watching this, you know, might know cause you don't look pregnant at all.
0: I've got, yeah. she's starting the. she's starting to pop.
1: Jennifer has gotten married and gotten pregnant. And how's Mr. Austin Moody doing?
0: Oh, he's great. He's he's making the nursery right now. He's a he can do everything, you know, building wise. So he's um I don't even know what they're called, but I wanted like the slabs with the um I I have no idea about construction or anything, whatever it's called. <laughs> but he's doing it and he's been spending time on the nursery. So we're just kind of starting to nest hasn't really felt real until the last couple of weeks. Seeing the nursery makes it feel really real.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well it's cool that he's so handy because he's handsome, he's talented, and he's handy.
0: And he's nice.
1: <laughs> well that's that's maybe that's the most important.
0: He's ready for me to to be able to drink again, though. He's like, oh, gosh, just have this baby already so you can have your wine back. (laughs) Yeah,
1: call Pilar. I think she drank all the way through. I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I haven't done anything wrong. I've just been so freaked out. I I haven't had caffeine. I just I've just been trying to be as good as I can be.
1: I'm sure that baby's going to be just fine.
0: I she's she, she's starting to kick right now, like majorly. You can see my stomach, you could she's kicking like crazy. It looks like there's an alien in my stomach.
1: There is. There's a little yeah, alien. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you guys know it's a uh, girl.
0: Yeah. So I'm naming her Lily Maria, which Manu's name, you know, is Maria Del Pilar. So and then mom's middle name's Maria, so I figured I'd keep it in the family.
1: Oh, that's nice. I hope I see mom.
0: I know. It's so funny. Mom, she's like, Oh, I hate that name, Maria. I'm like, why? She's like, it's just so Spanish. I'm like, well, that's why I love it, because I want her to keep the Spanish heritage. You know, I want her to know.
1: Funny, I haven't said Aisa Maria Wayne in a long time.
0: Yeah, she I think she never used it.
1: (laughs) No, she didn't. How's she doing? Everything good? Her dogs Yeah.
0: Yeah, everything's good and uh, she's so Annie my sister she's like you said she's um, she's traveling there with her three kids today so my mom's name to the kids are Mimi so all the kids are excited to see Mimi and then Manu has never met them so I think it'll be her first time meeting the kids
1: well I haven't either I haven't seen Annie and I mean she came by John Wayne day in Texas so that was fun but prior to that I hadn't seen her for a very long time
0: Wow. yeah, yeah. it's hard when we're all in different places
1: yeah I don't think of her as a grown-up. just think of her as little Annie.
0: I know she's my little sister, and she's got three kids and I'm, im I'm barely I barely did it in the nick of time before I turned forty. I was you delaying it. it as I was delaying it as long as I could.
1: you did it <laughs> does um does John Wayne come up in your life like presently now, like it did before? like do you notice a difference?
0: um you know yeah i mean still he he still he does but um i think now now just from runaway june i think a lot of people say oh you're from runaway june but then when people find out that he's my grandfather it's really cool because you know like you said just so many people adore him and yeah we played a show on
1: your songs as well so he's got he's made it into the lyrics
0: yeah wild west was a song that i wrote and and he's in there and um and it's cool to just see other people you know sing and and have john wayne in there
1: well i'm sure that everybody listening has heard of runaway june but if you haven't go out immediately and listen to runaway june
0: Uh, thanks ethan
1: have some great music and jennifer's written some beautiful songs
0: and wild west is
1: is a terrific song yeah that's my favorite we're all proud of you. I, I did notice like at a time in my life, I was sort of John Wayne's son. And then when you get a job or you're on something, you, you become <laughs> Ethan Wayne. And then now that I've come back to run the family business, I'm John Wayne's son again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's just,
1: it's a weird phenomenon. And, and there's no, you know, there was nobody to this day. I don't think there's anybody as large or as loved as he was.
0: Absolutely I know the
1: older I get, the, the more taken back I am uh, just by the legacy that he left as a young boy or as a young man I, I I didn't see it i didn't I didn't realize it I guess I didn't realize the depth of it yeah um, but now Is it- I just want to learn because I didn't have him, so maybe through some of the films like other people did, you learn through the films yeah. What he, what he represented it, or wanted to represent or the messages that he wanted to get to people. And so the other day like before I came out here I had a like an hour and a half and I put the Cowboys on and I watched the Cowboys and I was totally inspired by it. Oh. Movie.
0: Is it cool now getting that different perspective and you know learning about it and everything now? It,
1: For me it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know being a you know teenager uh at a weird time in in his life I think um older you know getting separated you know stuff happening in his life and then you know that occupying his time so our bond was a little loosened you know when you become a teenage boy you kind of drift away yeah And, and never having him there you know when you when you come back was was definitely different and then just trying to navigate the world as somebody like that's you know, you're attached to that person, and just trying to figure that whole thing out when you're just a wee little pup, is, right? Uh, and you
0: creating know, your own identity, you know, yeah, it can be a little
1: hurting. Yeah, you, you know, he's just as I get older, then I appreciate him and his his film legacy more. Uh, just just the way he did it, you know, it, it's. Uh, it's, I mean, I put it on today and I would rather watch that than 99% of the stuff that's out there. We have great shows, but I don't think there's characters that are good like that. It's tough to yeah. find a character like that.
0: I agree. Uh, he's and like the stories, a, the storyline. Like
1: he's like your, He's like Magnetic North, you know, this is the way you want to go. Every Every decision <laughs> he makes on screen makes you want to be a better person, makes you want to, do more, be clear, be more honest. You know what I mean? Like.
0: Just, and did he, he took those roles on purpose, right? He wanted to, he wanted to portray that role because he probably was really like that as a, as a human.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you watch the, I'd love to talk to him about it, but you watch those early films where he's just, you know, in a gunfight in and fistfight, you know, they were knocking those movies out once a week and he's making a living. Then when he gets the stagecoach, you know, he becomes he becomes the the story, it's, it's him, you know, he walks on that screen He spins the gun and he, you know, he's got that voice and that presence. And then it's it's off to the races. He never, you know, that was his his seasoning. He's playing all those bars and stages and things. And then when he got there and John Ford got a hold of him again and tuned him up, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Was it what is was it was you know, he he got to hang around Wyatt Earp, you know, he got to hang around Yakima Canut, he got to hang around Harry Carey Sr. He got to hang around Raul Walsh, he got to hang around John Ford. These were these were men. Yeah. Did you ever read um, Each Man in His Time? No. It's it's a book about Raul Walsh's life story, and Raul Walsh is who hired John Wayne and gave him the part in The Big Trail, his first, first movie, which was a an incredible film, but wasn't like successful, didn't build a career for him yet. Uh, but what his what is it
0: called again? To each, each Man?
1: In His Time by Raoul He's Walsh. Okay. And you just, you know, the way he came up, the way he was, you know, at 14, he was put on a cargo ship that sailed out of New York Harbor and, you know, went to South America and he did a cattle drive from Mexico up to Montana. And then he worked for a surgeon in Montana, you know, all this before he got to Hollywood. So you had a, a real seasoned man walking on, you know, taking the helm of these films that were being made and, and telling these stories. And so it's just a, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot more life experience. Yeah. And, and that's the guy who watched John Wayne pick up a chair and move furniture into his office and thought, you know, this, this, this guy's got something that could work. But then it wow. took 10 years after that opportunity for him to get the role in stagecoach and for John Ford to say, okay, you're ready now. I'm going to go work with you. But Roe Walsh's story. Which includes a you know a chapter on meeting John Wayne and hiring him is is uh, interesting and it's also interesting to you know to to hear what my dad was doing because I only knew him as you know when I was a kid he was just this this big thing yeah you know, life happened a certain way around him and so I never saw life the other way
0: right that's interesting I want to read that
1: yeah it's really it's really good have you read any of the biographies on John Wayne.
0: Yeah, but it's been, a lo- it's been a long time. I've got to reread them now that I'm older and can understand more, you know?
1: I, I never did until recently. I just sort of resisted. And, and I really? really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Um, finding out about his early life. I can kind of tell, you know, when they talk to certain people because I've heard the story, their storyline. So I, yeah. I don't trust that as much. I, I think all that gets bent a little bit. One, you know, all our memories are weird and certain people tend to build stories around themselves. So I took all that with a grain of salt, but his research on the early days uh, of his career was just fascinating to me. Really. That's
0: crazy. You didn't read it till now, but it, it kind of makes sense.
1: But that's my own stubbornness. You know, I just, I shut it out. I, uh, I don't know why. I'm not sure but i'm i'm glad i embraced it and went back and had a look and and uh you know the the authors did a good job and uh it was um it was fun to read i got i, I want it, it makes me want more time with him you know
0: yeah yeah <clears throat> i think when i was younger i read all that stuff just because i didn't know him i never met him so i wanted to learn you know all about him yeah <laughs> but it's been, you know, probably 15 years since I really went back and studied anything.
1: And I felt like I knew him, but I, I only knew him for 17 years, you know? I only yeah. Knew him from 56 to 72. And so that's a, that was limiting on, on my side on what I knew. Um, yeah. So it, was, it was fun to go hear the rest of it.
0: You know, I, one of my favorite stories, this has nothing to do with his acting, but when I met Maureen O'Hara, We had dinner and I was like, well, just tell me your favorite story because I only hear the family stories, you know, tell me some scoop. (laughs) Uh, You know, I just hear mom talking about him as a dad and stuff. And so she said, well, your grandfather loved to drink. And so we were out and we were drinking it somewhere on Sunset Boulevard and all the places closed at two. And she said he didn't want to stop drinking. So he told their driver, you know, take me to that house. And she said, do you know them? And he said, no, but take me to the house. And he said, knock on the door and tell them I want to drink. (laughs) And she's Maureen O'Hara, you know, a a superstar in her own right. And she had to go, you know, at 2.30 or 3 a.m. and knock on this the house's door and she said they shut, opened the door in a robe and she said I'm so sorry but I'm with Mr. Duke Wayne and he would like to have a drink and she said they invited him in and they ended up drinking all night long and I just thought that was so funny <laughs> like, wow can you imagine in today's world like with Twitter and Instagram if a superstar knocked on your door at 3am wanting <laughs> to <No>. keep drinking
1: <laughs> no thank goodness it not that have, funny that, 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 that. such a crazy world now I know. World. <laughs> in it, you know it's just the beginning of this whole communication phenomenon twitter instagram you know whatever it is i i think there's good in there i just think it's going to take us some time to figure out how to get to it
0: right um, a balance
1: yeah how to get to yeah the, for sure how to get to the good part because it, did you watch the social dilemma did you watch that documentary
0: that freaked me out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, watched, insane. I watched that
1: and I was like, oh, no.
0: I know. And then you really you really see things differently after watching it when ads pop up and different things that you're like, oh, my gosh, wow. Yeah. You can see how you go down this rabbit hole.
1: Well, hopefully there's it's, some good people out there that will be inspired to make it work in a positive way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: it, it, it goes back to what... John Wayne was talking about in the late 60s. I remember him talking about this the fact that, you know, I think people may have had a stronger moral compass in business and in life uh, after the Second World War. And as we drifted farther and farther away from that, and money sort of became north rather than your moral compass pointing north if it all becomes about the dollar then you start shaving away at some of these moral decisions where you know you can capitalize on on profits as opposed to doing what's good maybe for the the country as a whole or for people as a whole and uh,
0: that's really interesting
1: yeah it's it's um you see the movie business shift you see I think you see a shift in in how corporations are run and what they can do, uh, how, you know, lobbyists can control our representatives. Um, You know, I love, I saw a meme the other day or a gif, I don't know what the hell it is, but they said our our, our representatives should wear the patches of all the companies that are sponsoring them to be elected, (laughs) like NASCAR drivers wear patches on who their sponsors are, so we know what we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, that's, that. (laughs) Is yeah. an interesting thought.
1: <laughs> Term limits and some transparency might might help. Yeah. Might help. Anyway. I, I know it's
0: you, scary having a you know, thinking about having a daughter going into this world with social media and all all the stuff. It's like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, you know, crazy. we didn't
0: have that growing up.
1: <laughs> well that that's that's why I think that maybe you know a lot of people know it i mean even the social media people they don't let their kids go on social media yeah right the guys who run the companies are like no hell no keep them off of that thing yeah so we'll you have know to my f-
0: my best friend i think is doing the coolest thing because if you tell your kids you can't get on social media or you can't have a phone or whatever but then all the kids in their class have it then they want it more and they feel left out and then it becomes something they don't have you know and so she got a group of her friends in, the, in their school, and they all agreed that there would be no phones until I think it's 10 years old or whatever, no oh, phones, wow. no social media. So there's not that comparison of, well, that kid has it, you know, and I don't. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because that, that makes it easier for a kid not to want it as much. If your friends have it and you don't, then you want it, <laughs> you
1: yeah.
0: know? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was cool. Hopefully parents can pick up on that and start. <laughs> doing that
1: (laughs) man 10 is so young
0: i know i know (laughs) but i think the best thing we can do too is like what you're doing and with this with the podcast and talking about your dad we just have to keep being positive examples and spreading that as much as we can and that's what and my music i my favorite compliment is when moms come up to me and they're like thank you so much for making music that I'm proud that my daughter is listening to, you know, instead of the opposite. And so I feel like that's a way that I can kind of help.
1: Well, it's, it's great, Jennifer, that you do that because it it makes a difference to be an example for somebody to say, no, you don't, you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to, you don't have to fall to the lowest part of the brainstem or the lowest common denominator. Like, right. you, can, you know what I mean? You can, you can deliver a, uh, you know, be an example of how to deliver a message in a way that's, I, I, what's the word? I don't know. Is it appropriate? I mean.
0: Well, that makes you know. it cool for young kids, you know, that they're like, Oh, well that's cool. I want to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of it being the opposite.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're setting a, you know, you're setting a good example. So what? You know, how do you articulate that to just be a yeah. little bit more, uh, because you're you're not a you know you're not stodgy or or
0: square.
1: Yeah, you're not square.
0: Uh,
1: and Johnny <laughs> wasn't either, you know. But yeah,
0: you know, like yeah. in some
1: of the films, if something's happening, I appreciate the door closing and just knowing that something's happening behind the door. I don't need to see it. Right. You
0: know I, mean? I guess maybe Let's integrity.
1: And and make it tasteful.
0: Yeah, integrity would be a good word. I think. Yeah. You know, do things with yeah. integrity.
1: Well, you know, as, as a family, we're all proud of you, not not just because you're, you know, on the radio, but because, you know, you were bold and you went out and you took the risk and you put yourself out there. And, you know, there was a lot of years where you weren't seeing really anything in return. And, and I'm happy that you are now.
0: Oh, and, thanks, uh, Ben.
1: Proud to be related to you. And I, I know Maurice is always thrilled with you. Um, and Just I hope that fast. when you do come out, we can sit down and do this together. I want you to bring you to Pioneer Town. Yeah. There's a, there's a great venue, and there's some stuff happening here that maybe you guys could come come participate in. I'll show you next time you're you're around.
0: Let's do bring, it. I would love Austin to do maybe. do this with Marisa too. That would be so fun. It you
1: know would be fun. Is if uh, you and Austin the baby and Marisa and Carmel and I jumped on the boat went to Catalina. Showed you all the
0: pictures.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, or bring your mom yeah.
0: I'm going to take you up on that.
1: (laughs) Okay, that would be fun. Gosh, I wonder uh, wonder when the last time your mother was there was.
0: Gosh, it's got to be a while.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was our, we lived there when we were kids.
0: Gosh, that's crazy. And Alaska, right? You guys would go to Alaska every summer?
1: Yeah, I mean, Catalina was here, so we we did that often, but then he would send the boat up to uh, British Columbia and Alaska in the summer, in the winter, uh, no, in the summer, and then Mexico in the winter. And Mexico could be Baja, could be the Sea of Cortez, or could be all the way down to Acapulco and Puerto Vallarta and Correas, all these different places that were nothing back then, you know. Thomas and Lucas was just a little quiet fishing village Just beautiful
0: man that's so yeah. cool really I pretty. didn't realize this we just um our guitar player couldn't do a show on January 1st we got a sub guitar player and he's from Chile and he said that there's a saying in Chile it's like slang and it's like uh ch- uh ch- John Wayne ch- Chili Queen or uh gosh is that what it is it's basically like, be cool, be calm like John Wayne. And it's like a total saying that it's just slang there that they say wow. all the time. Really?
1: Isn't that oh, funny? You got to figure out what that is and send it to me.
0: Yeah, go gosh, with- it's Ch- 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 Chilla Queen John Wayne or something. I'll ask him. <laughs>
1: all right, cool.
0: But he said it's just part of their vocabulary, like stay cool or whatever we have. You know, that's it's the thing they say there. <laughs>
1: uh, let me look at one thing. I can't remember if there was we just started talking and I forgot if there was something I wanted to actually ask you. You did all that. Do you write songs like every day? Are you writing?
0: Pretty much. Well, I try, I try to write like four, four or five times a week instead of every day, just to give yourself a little bit of creative. <laughs> it's hard to be creative every single day, you know? So, but yeah, I, I like to, even when I'm not, it, it's just like a practice where you just power through and you write and
1: And then do you you just get an idea and write something down and then think and build on it and then think and rearrange it and then think and change it,
0: it it's all different like for me a lot of times some people will pick up the guitar and just try to find something in the guitar um but i i write so I'll think of like a hook or somebody will say something and I'll say, gosh, that's a great song. Or if I'm feeling something that I want to write and then um, just melodies sometimes will come to me like the uh, Wild Hearts, the Keith Urban song. I dreamt that melody. <laughs> I woke wow. up and I just record it in my phone. You know, I'll have these melodies in my dream that sound like gibberish sometimes but um and so then I'll take that I'll take those ideas and bring them to people and then you collaborate so uh, it's I, different I, I, every time
1: I will daydream about like playing parts in my head
0: Even oh, I, really? time,
1: I still like that sort of my daydream will be yeah.
0: like
1: doing something like that that's so fun what a nice creative outlet And what about the hat store, American paint? That's new.
0: Oh yeah. So I love hats (laughs) and it's kind of cool because it's, you know, you can buy a hat anywhere, but it's an actual experience because you get to just create it from scratch. So you just start off with a plain hat and you get to choose your bands. You can brand it, you can burn it, you can put all sorts of knickknacks on it. And it's really fun. It's a, it's a fun experience to do with a friend or family or bachelorette parties will come and
1: it's a retail store in nashville correct
0: yeah and it's funny we're we are selling the john wayne shirts we're selling those john wayne shirts and they love them oh good (laughs) yeah
1: we've got a bunch of fun designs coming out for summer too so we'll make sure you have a bunch of those there
0: Uh, they people just are loving it so
1: tell tell us where exactly that store is
0: so it's called American Paint, and it's in L&L Marketplace, um, which is it's on Charlotte and Nashville. It's a, it's a popular place um, in West Nashville, and there's a ton of shops there and food, restaurants, and everything. And so you can go there and, and make a hat, and it's really, it's, it's fun. You got to come to Nashville, and, and we'll, we'll make one.
1: Is there a website for it?
0: Yeah, uh-huh. Americanpainthat.com.:
1: American Paint hats, hat or hats.:
0: Hat. Just
1: Americanpainthat.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah we, should, we should push that on all our stuff too. Make.: sure people Oh, that'd are, be cool. Are there.
0: There's the, um, the shirt, the hell I want, the John Wayne shirt, the hell I want. That's the one that people are loving the most.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. Did, did, yeah. have you told anybody on our team that that's the one that people seem to like
0: no i should i actually didn't even know that till um a couple days ago my partner that's there he's pretty much there every day he said when he walks around with that shirt everyone asks him where where do you get that and then they all go buy it. (laughs) awesome yeah well
1: everybody will know now because we're doing this thing um yeah did you finish college
0: yeah Uh I, i i did two years at usc and then two years at santa barbara and I graduated from UC Santa Barbara.
1: And what was your yeah. um, degree in?
0: Art history, <laughs> so oh, nothing. No, so no. <laughs> I, I,
1: I read somewhere where you studied Asian art.
0: Yeah, I love Asian art. Mm-hmm. I just is think that, it's so cool. Um, is that
1: because of pieces that your your mother had from her dad?
0: No, and you know what's funny, I, I didn't really even I didn't even notice them when I was a kid. But now, you know, when I started doing art history and taking the classes, just the Asian art was so interesting to me because their culture is just amazing. And especially Japanese art. I really loved that the most. Um, But then when I started learning about it, I would ask Manu, she has all that Asian art and all the pieces, ask about it because I didn't even, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they had a lot of uh, Asian art and, and a lot of um, uh, Native American art and the Native American art he sent directly to the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in his will. You know, it didn't even come through us. <laughs> oh, like,
0: really? You
1: keep your hands off this stuff. It went straight there. So they have a, a terrific wow. collection because he had the Asian art and then he had the, the Native American art and it was a really interesting mix in the house.
0: Wow. So how did they get into Asian art?
1: I honestly I don't know that was before my time <laughs> but I think I think he, he they had a friend that would you know that was like a a, a designer a home decorator and uh, uh, I think she did that but I don't know if it's because he traveled over there and he said hey I like this this thing Uh-oh.
0: sorry I just declined sorry someone called so I just declined oh yeah <laughs>
1: No worries. Um, I don't know if it's because he'd seen something in, in his travels or if it was because she brought it over. That'd be huh. interesting. Um, I'd like to, you know who might know is, is uh, Michael's uh, widow Gretchen. She, she was um, around a lot. of Patrick might know where, or Melinda might know where that came from. Uh, it'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. Because well, I love
1: another the and the rugs and the kachina dolls, man. I, oh I just...
0: man. So
1: cool. The silver uh, and the turquoise—that that stuff is—I uh, I feel like it's not. Uh, you can't go. Oh, that's this time period. It's just—it's good forever. And yeah. I feel like Wayne is that way. And I feel like your music is that way. It's not going to oh. be pegged. <laughs> that's 2017. You know what I mean? That's just great music, whether it's today or it's in 20 years. You know, The Cowboys was made when I was 10. I'm 59. I watched it the other day and I was gone. Like the movie started, I'm unaware, I'm in that scene with those people. Yeah. Gone, I'm not not in my house anymore, I'm literally there. I was there as a little boy, but when I watch movies like that, I just disappear into it.
0: That's just one of my favorite movies, I love that.
1: Mine too, mine too. (laughs) And that reminds me a lot of how he was as a father. You know, which is, to He's got which an issue. is tough, too. Huh? You know,
0: it, it makes you a man, but it's tough, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think any kid who grows up, you know, around livestock or a farm in some rural environment, they can be tough. I mean, surfer kids, right. they're tough. You know, they're tough in their own way. Yeah. Because you do martial arts are tough. You know, they, they yeah. learn how to go through you know being hot or being cold or something's heavy or you're getting a blister like you you get past some of this and it makes you a a better person it makes you stronger
0: absolutely I think that's what's like kind of lacking right now sometimes you need some of that toughness and and
1: with COVID one of the cool things that's come out of COVID is rural areas are getting sort of populated again you know cowboy hat sales are up boot sales are up denim sales are up right
0: even uh, look at the big. TV shows like Yellowstone and 1883. It's like the Yellowstone's yep. the most popular show on, anywhere right now.
1: Yeah, that's terrific. I can't wait to watch 1883. I'm, oh, I'm it's just, so I'm good, Sam Elliott. Fan. I I always wanted to be like Sam Elliott, but I'm not tall and I'm not skinny.
0: <laughs> you know what's what I how I know it's great acting too is because Faith and Tim. You know, they're just such superstars as in music. But when you watch the show, you forget that you're watching Faith and Tim. You feel like you're watching that character, you know. So I just think that they've done such a great job and that they're great actors to for you to forget who you're watching, you know, and really yeah, believe and that I, character.
1: The if somebody makes you forget, you know, if I listen to your song, it, it goes straight into my heart. It makes me feel something. It's the same thing. You're doing the same thing yeah you're you're affecting those people emotionally viscerally it's it's a real talent and it's it's worth something and i think it's important in society to have art like that
0: yes to give people
1: a shot at at an experience or a way through an experience
0: yeah absolutely
1: pretty cool pretty cool so american paint you're a asian art historian tennis (laughs) thing instructor (laughs) <laughs> Amazing winning songwriting, performing, like how how you play on stage with your guitar, okay, but then when you have to go do a show and everybody has to move and everybody has to work together and you got to live in a small combined space with two other girls and band members and drivers. Yeah, ten,
0: 10 people, 10, <laughs> ten people. people in a bus. Yeah. Wow yeah
1: like jennifer you've you've always seemed to me even as a young girl you seem to have a calmness about you um you're pretty you're pretty even keeled you don't get excited really or upset about a lot of things and uh, i'm sure there's quite a bit of drama in your life right whether you're doing the amazing the yeah you're you're touring you know with uh carrie underwood and and two other girls like how do you navigate all that you know
0: honestly i i feel like tennis was the greatest lesson life lesson that i had i mean you are in pressure situations and and as, at such a young age i look back i'm like wow if you didn't win that match that didn't that made, made, meant you didn't make it to the tournament which meant you didn't make it to state which meant it didn't, you didn't make it to nationals which meant you might not get a scholarship it's like the pressure that you have as a young kid playing that was on that, on the level that I was playing at. I mean, it was a lot of pressure, but I felt, I feel like that's, what's given me the tools for life. You know, you don't give up until the, you're in it till the very end and you've got to pull through in situations that are, that are tough and it takes work and practice and you're going to lose matches, but you get back out and you play it again. And, you deal with cheaters who are cheating. I mean, there's just so much in tennis that are, it's just life lessons. So, um, and I'm sure it's like that in all sports. So I really, I mean, I would love my daughter to be able to play sports and, and play music too, but that really taught me, I feel like, how to be strong and resilient, just knowing that you can, you can do it. You just gotta keep trying.
1: You gotta keep working.
0: Yeah. Keep working. You're bored yeah.
1: and then you got to work and you got to work the whole time. Yeah. And life's more fulfilling when you do it that way, when you're, Oh yeah. When you're working. Yeah. I
0: mean, they're, they're just over COVID. There are some times where, you know, we didn't, we weren't as busy as normal and, it's, it's weird how you just get so used to just going nonstop to where you kind of feel a little empty when you're not, (laughs) when you're not doing stuff. So it was a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways, because it teaches you taught us how to slow down a little bit. I think you feel fulfilled when you're, when you're working and
1: yeah. Yeah. Doing
0: stuff and completing tasks and feeling like you're, I mean, I saw this, this, um, this YouTube video of a, I think he was like a sergeant or a general. And he was talking about just how, as a human, it makes you feel good to just complete tasks. And mm-hmm. he said, when you wake up in the morning and you just make your bed, you make, you make your bed, your bed yeah. in the morning and you feel good about yourself, you've gotten something done that day. You know, I just remember going, wow, that, that speech really got, got me. I've listened
1: to the same speech over and over.
0: You have, isn't it? And so I get up cool? and I
1: make my bed. It's the first thing I do.
0: And you feel accomplished. I slept like in the you... bed last
1: night, but the bed is made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You listen to the same one. I'm like, that's just the coolest speech.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but it's I, like a metaphor in life. You know, when you get things done, it makes you feel good.
1: Mm-hmm. How is, um, uh, do you ever talk to Hannah?
0: Yeah, she's doing great. She's in California and um, she's married. And I think they might start trying to have kids soon. And she's, she's a great artist. So she's been diving into her yeah. art.
1: I follow her on, on social media and I saw some beautiful tiles and different things that she's done. I, I always liked her. Um, yeah,
0: she's so a good, talented. Good feeling about her. her tiles are pretty amazing. Oh my gosh. All the yeah. Spanish style tiles that she does. It's so cool.
1: Yeah. And I, I liked her too. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you guys got along, but it seemed like she was a, uh, maybe a positive.
0: Oh, yeah. Hannah's great. I mean, she's just, she's, she taught me a lot just in my own life. She's a, a vegan and very environmentally, you know, aware. And yeah. she just taught me a lot that I didn't know, you know, just to to be a little bit better to to the earth and to yourself you know she's she's incredible
1: how's uh how's your father doing and i I mean i haven't seen him in 20 years i don't know
0: maybe longer he's doing great he's he's really into junior tennis and he's really um he's done amazing things um especially for the girl junior girl tennis Mm. um but he's created scholarships and um and places and tournaments to help these kids, and he's getting ready for. It's called the Easter Bowl. It's a national tournament. He he runs that, so he's getting ready for the Easter Bowl. But he's is pretty he
1: San Diego. Where where is he?
0: Uh huh. Yeah, he's in San Diego. He's pretty amazing, just with what he's done with junior tennis. He's tennis is just his passion, and then he did that movie um, when Billy beat Bobby with Steve Carell, and uh what what was her name the actress I can't remember name. yeah oh,
1: yeah who was the actress
0: like did he Hunt, have a
1: cameo in that was laurie yeah
0: yeah he had a little cameo but what was the coolest is he he taught steve carell how to play tennis so he'd go to his house every day and try to teach him like how to play like bobby <laughs> played you know <laughs> and he said that he was a great guy and you know they had a blast so oh cool <laughs> of all the things I never thought I'd see my dad in a, in a movie. And the funniest thing is a girl that I went to middle school with Jennifer Beaton's her name. She, you know, knows my dad from growing up. And she said, I was, you know, and she's a casting agent in New York. And she said, so I got this you know, script, and I got this casting for a Lorne (laughs) E. She said, I couldn't (laughs) believe it. She was like, I'm trying to find an actor to play your dad of all the things in the entire world. Wow. It's so funny.
1: I'm gonna go watch it again.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Is is
1: Aisa playing tennis still? She was quite a tennis player, wasn't she?
0: No, she's, she's gotten really into golf, which I have, I have too. I've been loving playing golf. So her and I, we've had, we've, played golf a lot together which is fun to have that like mother-daughter thing to do
1: you
0: know you know what else is weird
1: about us Uh, you know you me marisa pilar aisa we're all dog people i don't oh yeah i haven't been without a dog since my dad died Uh, you know i don't know why
0: your dad was a dog person too right
1: we had dogs but i think it was mostly aisa that got the dogs Really? But I'd have to ask her because, you know, she's got a couple years on me, so she'd remember some of that early stuff better than I do.
0: She said, um, I think they were like mini Dobermans or something that your dad had.
1: <laughs> That's right. He did. He had a couple mini- miniature Doberman pinches. But we had, we had some crazy dogs. We had a Samoyan. We had this other brown dog. Uh, there, were, there were dogs around.
0: What, and were you there or she, I can't remember if you guys were born or if it was before you were born, but she said Manu had a dog named Blackie and that, sh, that the dog, there was a fire and the dog saved her life. I don't know if it was, it was with you fire,
1: guys or. It all our lives, I think. It woke her up and she, I, I think I was just a baby, but maybe it was just Aisa and, your, and, your, and uh, Manu at the time. I'm not sure. Blackie was a little dachshund.
0: Oh my gosh, a Dotson, how cute. And we
1: talked. We, you, we have to do this with you, me, Marisa, and Pilar.
0: Oh because, yeah, oh for sure.
1: You know, I, we had to talk to Pilar about her early life, and it was so interesting to me, Jennifer, her life was just incredible. She's yeah. got a ton of personality, She's, she had a ton of life experience, and uh, the stories about the dog, and, and back and forth to South America, and... Uh, my dad you know her husband it's really interesting and I think you'd enjoy it and I think she would really enjoy sharing it with you
0: I would love that I would yeah, really okay. love
1: that. Next her time. stories
0: are for everyone listening my grandma and his mom she is a hoot like the stories that they tell I'm like how did she get away with that back in the day <laughs> I can't like speaking <laughs> of art this was a new one that I didn't know but she found these like Huge lampshades in Hawaii that she wanted to take home, and they wouldn't allow them to take them in on the plane. You couldn't pack them or something, so she made Marisa and her friend wear them as hats. hats. <laughs> Marisa yeah. said she was so embarrassed walking on the plane with these huge lampshades. <laughs> I'm like, of course, Moni would do that. And think of that.
1: <laughs> she she is something else. Golly, She's a kind of mom. You had to be in your toes. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> you had to be on your toes. Gosh. It was, oh
0: my gosh.
1: And also is going to uh, ask you about. You know,
0: speaking of dogs, I love um, rescuing. I, I used to foster and rescue before my band. I, I, in one year I got 10 dogs rehabilitated and a new home. <laughs> so I'm actually, um, I'm kind of doing that now that I'm off the road for a little bit, just being pregnant. Um, I'm starting to foster again. I'm, going tomorrow to pick up a dog so
1: <laughs> oh wow so
0: the dog thing is definitely in in the blood
1: it it is and you know like when i give at the end of the year i, I give to dog rescues
0: well i believe you know. that god puts stuff on our heart for a reason and there's so many people that have kids or cancer and all you know there's different things that are put on your yeah. heart and you can have several but i think that there's a reason why dogs are put on our <laughs> On our hearts for a reason and we should listen to that you know
1: have you ever been to the uh uh in st george utah where your grandfather filmed a lot of movies and i have a great picture of manu from st george um there's a dog rescue there called best friends animal sanctuary have you ever heard of that no incredible they they do a lot of good work and you can go there uh, and tour the facility and, and learn more about them and what they do. And, and they have programs for people to come out and, you know, spend a week and volunteer. But this picture of Pilar, let me see if I can get it up here on my phone, uh, is really cool. And, it, you know, it just takes me back to uh, how adventurous their lives must have been, like her and, and my dad's. Of course it's in my Instagram and I have no idea where it is. How or to get it. <laughs> how long it would <laughs> take me to find it. But
0: <laughs> you know you know her little dog Bella now? Yeah. So for everyone listening, my grandma, she's ninety three and so she was ninety two at the time, I guess, when we got Bella, but her her poor dog that was like what, Ethan, twenty one or twenty two years oh, here. He he passed away. And my grandma, you know, that's that's her companion was her dog. And so she wanted to get a new dog. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we can't get her. She's 92. We can't get her a new dog, you know, and then (laughs) what happens, you know, we're going to, it's just, it's a tough situation, but we also knew that she needed something, you know, she needed a dog. So I went on these websites in LA. We got this dog in South Central and I found the ugliest oldest dog you could possibly find in a picture that I thought no one was ever going to adopt this dog just because I thought well then it's an older dog and it's going to be instead of being in a cage its whole life it'll be with with Manu and so we picked Bella up and she was just I mean I've never seen a dog so scared in my life her shaking was like uncontrollable she was freaked out she was in a metal cage with no windows just inside and these I mean it was just awful and we were in the middle of south central LA and we get this dog and I'm like oh god I hope Manu loves it because it's not a brand new beautiful dog you know it's old (laughs) and she's that dog dog I've ever
1: seen (laughs) but it's a nice dog
0: (laughs) but they it's kind of like they saved each other's lives you know because Manu saved this dog's life and this dog has given Manu you know yeah. something to look forward to every day
1: she loves the dog she came over to my house for thanksgiving and and brought bella and we were all on like bella watch to make sure she didn't <laughs> one fall into the ocean and two do anything <laughs> <else>. uh,
0: <laughs>
1: but it's a nice dog and it really loves her so i know that work, that work is important and and really good yeah
0: yeah and you know we're so lucky she ended up being nice because with all the abuse and stuff she had little dogs can get more protective you know so it's kind of lucky that this dog is a sweet nice dog
1: yeah but when, when you think about john wayne or when you think about your grandfather like where do you see it like where do you where do you see him going what do you see for the future of john wayne for the future yeah. Oh,
0: well, just like you said, I, I feel like John Wayne is just, it's a forever thing. You know, he does, he's not going away. It's almost like, a, I don't know what the word is.
1: I want them to know him, you know, and yeah. so there's films, but I still want people like younger generation of people, a lot do know him, but I want more to know him. I think he makes you a better person. It's like meeting him and knowing him, whether it uh, was on screen or in person. It's good for you. It's, it's good for you. It's good for the country.
0: Yeah. Um, but I'm going to shout out
1: asking you the question.
0: No, but it's true. I mean, and what's really cool, like you said, during COVID, it's kind of people have been kind of changing direction. And um, I feel like with all the Westerns now, Westerns are kind of, having a little bit of a resurgence and especially with yellowstone and 1883 Mm -hmm. but it it makes a lot of people dig back into the older westerns you know so i think that's really cool and i mean he's our hero and i think that's never going to go away i think he's everyone's everyone's hero whether you're talking to your grandpa or a young a young girl that said that's she would watch those John Wayne movies with her grandpa. And that was her memory with her grandpa, you know. So now it's her hero, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I, maybe that's the word is he's just kind of our American hero forever. I don't think that's ever going away.
1: And, he's, you know, they said, how do you how do you create this character? So, well, you know, I wanted to be somebody who you wanted to be your best friend or marry your daughter or be your son. I wanted to represent that kind of man on screen. Wow.
0: wow, That's so cool.
1: Uh, Yeah, it is. It's, it is really cool.
0: Well, he (laughs) did a good job. (laughs) He did a good job of it. (laughs) He went over uh, every heart of every human on the planet. So.
1: Excited for your, your baby, you know, your new marriage, your career. And uh, Thanks, it was a family, we're all proud of you. Um, not just for that, but for being such a cool person. Like every time I'm around mm-hmm. you, I, just, I have a good feeling. Thanks,
0: and so I hope
1: we get to spend more time together. I can't wait to get you and Marisa and Pilar together. Me too. I that
0: know, let's really do that. That
1: so, would I mean, be a blast. doesn't want to travel. We tried to take her to Texas. I want her to see the museum. Um, but certainly next time you guys come out to California,
0: Let's do, it. Let's do it. Yeah, well, I'll make a trip just for that uh, because I okay. would love to do that. I think she wants to travel. I think she's just in pain. She's so, for the listeners out there, she's so tough that she doesn't want to tell you that she's in pain or that it hurts to walk. You know, she's yeah. she'd rather not say it. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, the real reason.
1: But she, she's so we'll on- bring it to her. You know, she's 93 and she still gets up. She has her, you know, like her exercise routine. Yeah. She moves. She she loves to She won't
0: sit down. Yeah. I'm like, why yeah. I'll go get that for you. I'll get you, you know, new glass of water, orange juice. No, 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 I got it. She wants to get up. <laughs> she's she's a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm All super right. proud that you're my uncle, Ethan. I'm proud of you and you represent your dad so well and our family. Oh, and thanks, Jennifer.
1: I Thank really,
0: you. really mean that.
1: There's a bunch of us. We got a big old family. Everybody's doing a good job. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm looking forward to the next time we see each other. Until then, me too. Love you. Best to Austin. And uh, love you too. Thanks for coming and talking to us. So you got Runaway June, AmericanPaintHat.com. You're writing songs for people. Uh, If if nobody's heard it, um, tell them about the Keith Urban song.
0: Oh, yeah. It's called, um, Keith Urban has a song out right now called Wild Hearts, which I'm a co-writer on. And it's kind of about what we were talking about. It's about chasing your dream and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it because you can if you put your mind to it, you know.
1: And then what do you think the soonest we'll see on stage again is?
0: So actually, our first date back is May May 29th in uh, Jackson Hole. (laughs) Oh, wow yeah so that'll
1: be fun we have, we've got john wayne day in texas on i think on the 26th so we'll be there but maybe i can maybe i can leave there and drive the van straight to jackson hole and watch you guys
0: that would be fun marisa came last year so you yeah, should you we'll guys should come birthday, together
1: like, we'll do a birthday trip since our birthday is coming up
0: oh I don't, yeah i
1: don't want us to give each other presents anymore i just want us to do things together so that would i be
0: think fun. that's the best gift ever have an experience and a memory with someone
1: I do too. All right, Jennifer. Thank you. I love you. Okay.
0: I love you, Ethan. Thanks Bye. for having Bye. me. Thank you so much for listening to the John Wayne cast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you like what you heard, give us five stars in the Apple podcast app and follow us on social media at John Wayne Official.
1: Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go.